All right, we're going to try and do this in one take, no edits. This is Eric Fisher from Beyond the To-Do List. Recently, I've been trying to process and think about all the different changes that we're going through right now, and I didn't want to come across as, I have all the answers about productivity in a time of crisis, but that got me thinking. To ignore how many things have been shaken up for so many people right now seems somewhat irresponsible as well. You know, I've got episodes that have already that were already in the can, and I got to thinking, what's something that's evergreen? What's something that would be worthwhile to come to for anybody? in any time of crisis. And it got me thinking, I've had other smaller scale crises in my past. Two specific times. Uh, One when I was in uh, eighth grade, that's junior high. I was in New York State and my brother went into the hospital uh, with a brain tumor, two years younger than me. Kind of a shock to our family. Things were not normal. Things had to be thrown out of whack. My, My brother and I were at school all day and then would come home. My parents would kind of trade off or both go to the hospital to be there. Uh, They removed the tumor, but then he was in a coma for, it was right around before Thanksgiving time that the, the tumor was removed. And then he woke up out of the coma right around the time of his birthday, which is in March. So a good chunk of time. Family life could not carry on as usual at that time. And so we had to change things up. And I was in a child role at that time in our family. I was not in charge of anything, though I could be responsible to do some things, chores-wise and otherwise. And then the other crisis moment that I want to throw out there is uh, when my daughter was born. She was born 10 weeks early. So we're talking the beginning of January. She was supposed to come home on... March 15th, or be born on March 15th, and she ended up being born uh, the first week of January. So 10 weeks early, she came, she actually came home from the, the NICU uh, on, uh, on Valentine's Day, which is a, a cool kind of more meaningful way for me to use that holiday now. But uh, during that time, it was just my wife and myself, and then our brand new premature daughter. And in order to be delivered early, my wife had to go an hour away to a much bigger, more specialty type hospital that could handle this. And yet I didn't have a lot of vacation time and or time off of work that I could take. So what ends up happening is she's born, my daughter is born, and my wife stays at the Ronald McDonald house a few blocks from the hospital by herself, and she's going to and from the hospital during the days, and I couldn't afford gas-wise to drive down there and back every single evening. So what I was doing was, I think it was kind of a rotation of two to three. It was one or two times throughout the week. I would go down for the whole evening and then drive home and then work all day again. And then on the weekends, as soon as I was done on Friday, I would drive down, stay the entire weekend with her at the Ronald McDonald house and then head back home. And so, again, that was when I was in parent mode. However, the kid was kind of with my wife and my wife was doing anything she could to be present and be aware. And obviously, we're both kind of frantic and freaking out because it's a brand new baby. So those two crises in my life before current things have happened, made me think maybe it's a good idea to talk about a crisis or a major life change and what productivity can or cannot be expected in that moment. And for me, first and foremost, when a crisis hits, you have to figure out what role you are in. Are you a caretaker? Are there people who depend on you and you need to make sure that you are taking care of them? Are there specific priorities you've got to think about for yourself? Because essentially, things go out the window in crisis mode. 
And then following that immediately is to put your own oxygen mask on first. We've all heard this when we've flown, when the flight attendants are going through their spiel at the beginning before you take off, to put your mask on first before helping somebody else with theirs. And the reality of that is that you can't help somebody else unless you know you are going to be okay first, that you've got your oxygen first. And I've talked about this with Michael Hyatt before, and essentially what this means is that you've got to take care of yourself first. And this isn't a selfish thing, but it's to make sure that you're then able to show up for those others that need you. And there are certain steps that are going to help you with that to maintain that and make sure that the mask stays on that I'll address in a little bit here. But then the next thing is, is figuring out what the immediate reprioritization of what's most important looks like. So of all the things that you normally have to do, take a look and decide which ones don't have to be done in order to accommodate the stuff that you may now have to do that you weren't used to doing at all, or at least as frequently as you used to. You may have to do something much more frequently now or something new that you never had to do, but it's that taking an assessment. It's that feeling the pulse of the new situation. It's the taking stock of all that needs to be done now, and at the same time, taking stock of what does not need to be done now, and definitely not listening to people who... I know I sense the irony here of me telling you not to listen to somebody else's advice while I'm giving you mine. But if someone says, hey, in this crisis, you now have all this time on your hands, they may not fully know your situation. And everyone's situation in any crisis is going to be unique to somebody else's experience. So let's get back to that oxygen mask. So when I refer to this, I'm essentially meaning health, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, how you're dealing with stress. And I want to take a few minutes here to address this. So first off, physical activity. Don't suddenly try to take on extra physical activity, but maybe taking a walk or if there's a way to get to a bike, an indoor bike, if there's a way to do some isometrics, what that means is essentially using your own body weight against itself. That means crunches. That means push-ups. Those things do wonders for you when you're stuck in confined spaces Not to mention your diet. This is one of those times where you're going to reach for comfort food, and that's okay, but also overindulging is going to make you honestly feel worse. So it's striking a right balance there. Sleep's another thing. Sometimes you may feel so stressed and worn out that you can't sleep, which is hard to deal with because when you are so overtired and then you feel like you can't fall asleep, I've been there. Stress is one of those things where you've kind of got to figure out your triggers. It's when you suddenly feel your heart racing, when you suddenly feel super angry or really sad or just worn down. And I have found that for me, I need to figure out and be aware of, okay, I am now in that mode. Why did I get there? How did I get there? And then eliminate those sources as much as possible, if possible at all. Trust me, there are times where you just can't. However, there are times where you can. And for me, I've found social media is one of the first things to go out the window. I have removed social media from my phone and I don't look at it. And the times that I have looked at it on a desktop computer, the more time I spend there, the less healthy I am and the more stressed I am. This is where journaling can come in. This is where self-awareness really happens. I wish that I had journaled through those past crises. I would love to reread those and revisit those. Not to relive the crisis, but to walk through it and see that there were dark times and dark thoughts and feelings in both those times, but to know that you came out the other end. This is also where meditation comes in. I will use uh, Brain FM for help with meditation, as well as with calming down or relaxing 
meditation specifically before I use the tool. This is a Swiss Army knife tool that I've talked about many, many times. Quick plug, beyondthetodolist.com slash brainfm. It's 20% off an entire year. It's not expensive. It's like five bucks a month with that link or cheaper if you do the annual plan. I've now done it for two plus years and it was a no brainer for me because I'm using it for all of these things. This has been the most important productivity tool of my life now. It's highly elevated past everything else because I'm using it to help calm down if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or to relax later in the evening to kind of wind down and get ready for sleep. I can use it for sleep if I'm taking a nap. And then especially I can use it for focus when I am working because I'm fortunate enough to be able to do so. But to be able to calm down or relax, to be able to deal with that overwhelm, journaling, meditation, self-awareness, and even recent episodes of this show with Ann Bogle about overthinking, as well as Jess Cording on dealing with stress, and even Kate Swoboda about courage and fear, and even James Bashara on caffeine and the role that that plays. I have downplayed my caffeine intake by so much, and I've seen a remarkable difference in my stress level dropping. And I completely get it. Depending upon your role, your amount of time that is available for you to do any of these things regarding your health or dealing with stress is going to become potentially limited. So it's a, it's about picking and choosing and trying these all on to see which are going to be the most effective for you specifically to be able to cope in a crisis. Next week, I'm going to re-release the episode I did with James Clear talking about habits and his book, Atomic Habits. The reason I want to do that is because one of the other things in a crisis is having to make choices. And some people may say that in a crisis, this is one of those moments where if you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands, you now can make habit changes. Yeah, that's great. But really, the bigger piece here is that Habits are a process that take you to a successful outcome, but only by making the correct choice over and over again over time. And you may not know how much time whatever crisis you may find yourself in is going to be, but it can be pretty crucial to consistently make the right choices over and over again. So this is a good place and time to reassess if there are any new habits that will ensure a successful outcome on the other side of the crisis you might find yourself in. And these choices may end up being part of what I just talked about with either your physical activity, your diet, sleep, and dealing with stress in all those different ways, using self-awareness, using journaling, using meditation. So look for that episode next week. So finally, we come to what most people would think productivity is all about, which is work. And if you're lucky enough to be able to work, to number one, have some sort of semblance of normalcy in a crisis, then be thankful for that. I am incredibly thankful for that. I am thankful for that daily. And here's the thing. Why did we talk about all those other pieces before we got to this one? If you have to work and if you get to work during a crisis, the work may be much more hard to do if you're stressed out, low on sleep, eating crappy, and triggered to go off at any moment. So all the other normal trappings of talking about productivity would not matter anymore because you're probably going to do crappy work. Now, remote work wasn't necessarily a thing in my other two experiences with crises. Number one, uh, I was a kid for the first one. And, you know, I remember sitting in a hospital room or a hospital waiting room or lounge with uh, a friend's 
Game Boy, playing the original Tetris. That was about as productive as I was going to get. I also read a lot. In the second one, I compartmentalized. Work was done at work, and when I left work, it was left there. And that was very healthy for me to do in that instance. These days, remote work makes it possible to do work, at least for a number of people, when you're not in the proximity of other working people that are part of your team. That said, depending upon what role you're in, in your job or in your home, this is where things like time and space to work and the focus, ability to work, come into play. I'm hoping that if you still have work that you can do and that you should do, that you are thankful and want to do it. But number two, I hope that you can do it in short bursts or for that matter, long bursts without being distracted or interrupted externally or internally by distractions that slow you down or stop you from work altogether. This is the reason why after the next episode that I release with James Clear on Atomic Habits, the following episode to that will be a re-release of the conversation I had with Nir Eyal about being indistractable. Because I think myself included, a lot of people need to go back to the drawing board in terms of figuring out how to not be distractible, but to be indistractable and be able to focus. And he does talk about not just the external things, but the internal things. And again, some of those tie right back to where what I've already talked about. So with all that said, again, this is not meant to be some be-all, end-all list of answers for you. But I wanted to come to you and give you something short that you could go through and kind of have as a mental checklist of, hey, you know, I hadn't thought about my habits or I hadn't thought about journaling or meditation or even using Brain FM. I know I talk about it so much, but again, it's so, so helpful. And I know a lot of people can't pay for that. But even if in a pinch you needed to go try it out, you can do that for free. Again, beyond the to do list.com slash Brain FM gives you 20% off for the year. You can pay like 40 bucks for the year, like I do because it's incredibly helpful for me. And I download the stuff to my phone so that, you know, in times of high internet traffic or outages, I've got it on my phone so I can pop my earbuds in and block the world out and meditate or relax or calm down and then refocus and then stay focused on the task at hand. Sometimes that's all you can do. So I hope this has been helpful. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. I don't assume to know what you're going through in any crisis that you are going through. Just go over to beyondthetodolist.com and hit the contact button. You can send me an email there. So with little fanfare, I'll just say, hey, I really do appreciate you listening and I hope you're doing well and I would love to hear from you. So again, beyondthetodolist.com slash 319 and then you can hit the contact button there on the site. And if you know of somebody who needs a quick reminder, share this with them. But again, thank you for listening. Let me know how you're doing and I'll see you next episode.